Welcome back once again to Viper Bite Sunday Night Football Preview. And we've got a game that has playoff implications written right all over it here with the Dallas Cowboys and the Minnesota Vikings. But before we get into it, let's do a little bit of housekeeping here. If you're watching on YouTube on the Vipers Network, make sure to subscribe. Make sure to hit like. And if you're listening to any of this on a podcast platform, Apple, Spotify, Anchor, make sure to rate and review. Now, you'll see below, at Matt Donnelly FF, that's my Twitter handle. You got questions, I got answers. Send me those questions, slide into those DMs if you don't want your league mates to find out where you're getting your information from, and I'll be more than happy to help you achieve that fantasy football glory each and every week. Now, let's get into this game because there's some questions heading into it that need answers. And that first question is the Dallas Cowboys quarterback situation. Will Dak be able to play? Is he going to sit? If it's up to Dak, he's got that competitive edge in him. He wants to be out there. The Dallas Cowboys, on the other hand, they may pull that string, pull rank here to speak of, and not allow him to play because they do have a commanding lead in that NFC East division right now. And they may be looking long-term here, maybe looking at what they can do. They want to make a big push for the playoffs. They need Dak to be 100% healthy without aggravating that calf strain in which he suffered at the end of week six there in overtime against the New England Patriots. That calf strain has limited him in practice. He reported a little bit of soreness after Friday's go. So that's something to keep an eye on and monitor it all week because if he can't go, the Cowboys may turn this offense over to Cooper Rush or Will Greer. But more on that in a second. Let's talk as though Dak is going to play because that gets me excited. Now, outside of Week Two's contest against the Chargers, Dak Prescott has 20 or more points in each and every game this season. If you want to throw that Chargers game in there, just so you know, for whatever reason, he only had 8.5 fantasy points that week. Now, when we look at Dak, he sits 12th in both fantasy points right now with 133.52, and on average at 22.25 this season. In Week Six, Prescott was the quarterback three when he managed to throw for 445 yards and three touchdowns in that overtime classic against the Patriots. And I use the term classic because I had C.D. Lamb on my team. More on him later. Now, if you look at that, he is averaging over 310 passing yards per game and overing more than three touchdowns in the last few games here. Now, without Prescott, America's team has to turn to the aforementioned Cooper Rush, who, to his credit, has a single two-yard completion under his belt in four years in the NFL and he's going to probably be backed up by Will Greer who has two starts under his belt completing 28 of 52 passes back in 2019 for the Carolina Panthers in which he got 228 yards out of that and four interceptions four interceptions not touchdowns interceptions the whole fantasy world right now we are praying for Dak Prescott. We're sending these good vibes because we need more Dak in our lives, especially Sunday night. Now, if Dak can't go, you can expect a heavy uptick in usage from Ezekiel Elliott, maybe downgrade Amari Cooper and C.D. Lamb, but Ezekiel Elliott comes into Sunday night's contest as the RB9 on the season, 114.6 fantasy points thus far on this campaign. But back in week six, the last time the Cowboys did play, the Patriots defense did kind of contain the explosive back well at least in the run game where he had 69 rushing yards he did have seven receptions to help him get over that 11 point threshold for fantasy purposes here 
in his previous three games prior to the Patriots game, Elliott was averaging 22.3 fantasy points per game and had produced 95 or more scrimmage yards. Or he not did, but he has now produced 95 or more scrimmage yards in each of the last five games. Now, over to Amari Cooper. Cooper currently sits at the wide receiver 26 in PPR, scoring with 91.3 fantasy points and is averaging 15.3 per game. Now, Cooper's big game came back in week one versus Tampa Bay, where he saw 17, 17 targets. He caught 13 passes, scored twice, and had 139 yards. Since then, though, he has a combined 17 receptions, 26 targets, eight of which came against the game last week or week six against the Patriots, 234 receiving yards, and is averaging 46.8 per game since week one with only two touchdowns to his name. Now, the Vikings, they are 19th in the league in receiving yards given up. They've yielded 1,000 yards two receivers while watching them haul in 74 of 125 targets in six games. That works out to about 166.7 yards per game. And yet they are allowing the 16th fewest fantasy points to the position with 36.5. Good news for Cooper and Lamb. Patrick Peterson, he's on the IR, so he won't be a factor in this one. Now, talking about C.D. Lamb, he also got off to a good start against Tampa Bay, but he too cooled off the following few games. The three games to follow week one through weeks two through four, he failed to reach double-digit points in any of those games. He did use the Giants game in week five as a get-right game of sorts, putting up 14.8 fantasy points along with 84 yards and a touchdown before going off in a huge way against the Patriots in week six for 149 yards, two touchdowns, including some beautiful free points in overtime. We all love those free points. I love garbage points. I love free points. Send me to overtime. Let me get those free points as long as they benefit me. Now, over the last little while here, last five, five of the last six games, I guess the best way to put it, he has at least 65 receiving yards or more, and that has allowed him to climb to wide receiver 15 status in fantasy scoring amongst wide receivers. He sits at 108.5 fantasy points, and his 11 is 18.1 fantasy points per game has him as the wide receiver 11. Now, he sits 18th in the league in receiving yards with 497 yards in six games of action. If you're looking for a sneaky play, kind of a sleeper kind of guy, two guys to kind of keep an eye on this week, Michael Gallup and Tony Pollard both could be sneaky plays. Now, Gallup hasn't played since week one where he had four receptions for seven targets and 26 yards. And it may also take a few weeks for Gallup to get back in sync with this offense. But when he does, he adds another weapon that you could flex every week. Now, we don't know if Gallup's going to play. He's just come back into practice here a little bit. So keep an eye on that. I probably wouldn't start him much like Jerry Judy. You want to start him, but I'd hold off a temper. I'd wait and see how he performs this week. Now, when Pollard has played, he's sitting at the RB26 with 69.1 fantasy points to date, averaging 11.5 per contest. Obviously, when I say when he plays, he's been effective. However, Elliott has been getting a lion's share of the carries, a lion's share of the touches, the lion's share of the snaps right now. And Pollard has only managed double-digit fantasy production twice this season and only once in the last four games. At tight end, every year a tight end rises from the ashes like a phoenix. This year it's Dalton Dalton, Dalton Schultz and Dawson Knox. 
Both have been surprise tight ends so far. Schultz is fourth amongst tight end fantasy points per game with 14.2, trailing only the legs of Rob Gronkowski, Travis Kelsey, and Mark Andrews in that category, and sits fifth in total points with 84.9. Minnesota is one of the better teams at containing the tight ends, have yet give, yet to give up a touchdown to that position, but you can still use tight ends with against them because they have allowed 22 receptions and 316 yards in six games. Now, we're talking about those Minnesota Vikings. The first thing we have to get out there right off the get-go is Kurt Cousins. I refuse to fall for this trick again. It's like a a wolf in sheep's clothing when it comes to fantasy. The matchup is great. The Cowboys are allowing the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks, surrendering on average 22.3 points per game. They are also allowing the third most passing yards per game, and this is over 300 each and every time they go out there. You expect the game script to allow Kirk Cousins and the Vikings to throw a lot to be able to keep up on the scoreboard, especially if Dak is in the lineup. But here's the kicker. It's a prime time game, and he's still Kirk Cousins. Now, I do have trust issues, especially when it comes to fantasy football. There's two things I know for certain. You don't start Andy Dalton in a primetime game, and you don't start Kirk Cousins in a primetime game, or you're going to end up drinking a Big Mac smoothie. Sorry, that's getting a little personal there. But listen, if it wasn't a primetime game, which is scary enough on Halloween, we'd be talking a little bit different about Kirk Cousins. He is the QB 13 right now. He's right behind Dak Prescott in fantasy scoring with 126.46 points. He's averaging 21.08 fantasy points per game. He's not getting the credit that he's he deserves. He's coming off a three-touchdown performance in week six against Carolina, which he threw for 373 yards. But again, it's prime time. Also, Cousins has also tossed three touchdowns in three of the last five games. He did struggle two weeks prior to the Panthers game, in which he did only end up with 11.1 fantasy points and 14.4, respectively, against the Browns and the Lions. Did I mention it's a primetime game? I mean, I get it. If you need a QB2, maybe you plug him in there and hope for the best. Maybe maybe a little hocus-pocus works its magic. And primetime Kirk Cousins disappears. And real Kirk Cousins shows up for this one. Now, if primetime Kirk shows up, Delvin Cook will be counted on to play a significant role in this one. He's probably going to have a huge role to begin with. But if Kirk struggles, you can bet that Delvin Cook is going to be the reason the Vikings keep this game close. Now, Dallas has been a little bit better against the run than they have been against the pass. They are 12th in fantasy points allowed to running backs, giving up 22.42 fantasy points per game and fifth in rushing yards allowed at 86.2 per game. Cook is tied with Tony Pollard for 17th in rushing yards this season and sits as the RB28 in PPR. Breathe. That number's a little misconstrued because he's only played four games. Now, if you take his average into account, 16.5 fantasy points per game, he's the RB15. Not great, but not terrible either. Now, Cook missed week three. He should have sat out week four. He missed week five before finally playing again in week six against the Panthers, in which he saw 74% of the snaps. And he looked like his old self there, running for 140 yards and a score. Now, Justin Jefferson and the rest of the Vikings receivers should feel welcomed this week, facing facing off against the sixth most friendly defense in terms of fantasy points 
allow to wide receivers. The Cowboys are allowing, on average, 40.77 points per game, allowing 1,204 yards and all kinds of touchdowns to the position in six games. Jefferson comes into this one ninth in the league in receiving yards, 11th in receptions, but only has three touchdowns to show for it. It's a lack of touchdowns that has him just outside of that wide receiver one status and has him sitting at wide receiver 14 through six weeks with 111.6 fantasy points, but his 18.6 fantasy points per game sits ninth. Now, Jefferson has seen at least five targets and 65 yards in every game this season and has 80 or more receiving yards in four straight games. And if you're like me and you love that one-on-one battle and you love good matchups, you like that Frazier, Ali, you know, whoever you want to talk about is two heavyweights going at it, get your popcorn ready for Justin Jefferson and Trevon Diggs this week. It's going to be a classic. Now, I could re-spit out everything I just said about the Dallas Cowboys being friendly to wide receivers. See all the information above when I talk about Adam Thielen, except the difference here is Adam Thielen is 35th in the league in receiving yards with 393. But thanks to his five touchdowns this season, he sits as the wide receiver 16 in PPR and is only five points back of Justin Jefferson while averaging 17.8 fantasy points per game. Now, also like every other Viking. Thielen had a big week against the Panthers, recording 11 receptions for 126 yards and a touchdown. It was a great week, to, a great way to head into the bye week after four consecutive weeks in which he failed to register more than 50 yards receiving, despite having seven or more targets in three of those four contests, which you're going to have to de- dig into that a little bit deeper. The targets were there. The receiving yards weren't. It's a really weird thing for Adam Thielen. Now, I mentioned Diggs versus Jefferson. If that's the case, make sure to get Thielen in your lineup as a possible wide receiver one. For sure a wide receiver two, because he will lo- likely draw the interest of Anthony Brown. And this is an advantage that even Kirk Cousins in prime time can take advantage of. Now, I talked about Pollard and Michael Gallup as kind of sleeper kind of guys. The one forgotten receiver in Minnesota is K.J. Osborne. We never talk about him each and every week, but here's the thing. Cousins has been looking for him with all season. He's got four games in which he has seen at least six targets, and he's got at least three receptions in every game but one. Now, last time we saw him in action, he had six catches on seven targets. He finished with 78 yards, and he had a pretty big touchdown along the way. Now, while there are some better receiving options out there, Osborne is still a solid wide receiver three option and his 70.1 fantasy points have him as the wide receiver 43 this year ahead of some of the bigger names like Allen Robinson and Chase Claypool. Come on, man. You guys got to be better than that. Now over at the tight end position, you got Tyler Conklin, you got Chris Herndon with only a couple tight ends on by and a couple of injured here. We're talking about Waller and Andrews and Dawson Knox. I can't really recommend starting either Vikings tight end. In fact, you have to slide all the way down to tight end 18 to find Ty Conklin there and his 52 fantasy points. We won't even look for Chris Herndon, by the way, he's at what uh, tight end 71. I actually did look it, it was quite embarrassing actually. Now, although he did have that two yard touchdown last week, so slow clap. I shouldn't be so hard on Tyler Conklin. He was a viable option last week against the Panthers. He did have 71 receiving yards in that contest. But outside of week three, 
Conklin has failed to record a fantasy game in which he has posted more than 7.5 fantasy points, and I will not stand for that in my lineup. With that all said, make sure to head over to fantasypoints.com. Make sure you enter promo code 21 Vipers 10, get 10% off that subscription today. And head over to the Vipercast on the YouTube channel there, the Vipers Network, 10 p.m. Eastern, every Tuesday. We come at you with our weekly preview show, which you don't want to miss. We've got information like this scattered throughout the whole thing. It's a great show altogether. Major kudos to both Major and Tara each and every week bringing the heat. That said, this has been the Sunday Night Football Preview. And you know what? We will see you on the field here. May your fantasy rosters perform much better than Kirk Cousins and Primetime.